Hey guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad to join in to listen today. Be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We release new episodes every Monday and would love to have you listen to future episodes. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Exodus chapters 36 through 40. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 33 through 35. God commanded the Israelites to leave Sinai. Moses would pitch a tent outside of camp and called the tent the tent of meeting, and this is where he would meet with and talk to God. Moses interceded on behalf of the Israelites because they broke the covenant. God passed by Moses at Moses' request to see him, and new stone tablets with the commandments are made. God renews the covenant with the Israelites with the same terms as the previous. After meeting with God, Moses' face shone so brightly that the people couldn't bear to look at it, and he had to wear a veil. At the end of chapter 35, we start to see the construction of the tabernacle. Yes. Here we are. Here we are. 36 through 40 is basically the building of the tabernacle. There's going to be a lot of repetition, and there's going to be a lot of just dryness um so if you've stuck out through this entire episode this entire you know series of exodus we appreciate you so so much because we know it's been a long road and it's been a lot of repetition it's been a lot of dryness it's been a lot of necessary things that we needed to get through but it not it wasn't the most entertaining it was not we tried (laughs) we did (sighs) but we also wanted to say that last week's episode didn't release it was supposed to be this episode but when i went to upload it there was something severely wrong with the audio (laughs) so we had some technical difficulties and here we are recording this we're re-recording it for the second time (laughs) so hopefully it's as good as it was the first time around but yes we could not do that to you don't tell them that of course it's gonna be better they didn't hear the first version you're right well i mean i couldn't hear the first version (laughs) It's fine. So we apologize for skipping a Monday. I hate to let you guys down, but yeah. stuff happens. We do these in real time. So like we didn't really have anything else to fall back on. So it's okay. We're moving on. So the beginning of chapter 36 mm-hmm. is talking about the construction of the tabernacle. So my Bible did a really good kind of overhaul of the construction of the tabernacle and everything like what goes where. So 36 verse 8 through chapter 39 verse 43 is the entire construction of the tabernacle. So that is basically this entire episode. We're going to talk about the tent being put together, the furniture that goes inside the tent, the pieces that go go outside the tent, the court, the priestly garments. And then we have a a record of the amount of precious materials and stuff that was used in the construction of the tabernacle. And then 40 is a really good chapter and we're going to talk about that when we get there so we're going to have to like fast forward through the 36 or 39 basically because it's stuff that we've already touched on it's a lot of repetition and it's just the the coming together of everything that we've been talking about for the past several episodes the instructions that god gave moses the first time then breaking the covenant he goes back up and gets the instructions again for a second like a lot of repetition yeah but it's worth it yes in chapter 36, they start off talking about Bez and O, which do you want to care to try to pronounce her name? I uh, know. <laughs> sure. For entertainment purposes. Okay. I think we do this every episode for the, like the last one or two episodes. Bezalel? Bezalel? L? It's L. Bezalel. It's spelled B-E-Z-A-L-E-L. Are you listening to me? Go ahead. Bezalel. 
No, I can't do it. I said it like four times. Bezalel. Bezalel. We're going to say that, but his nickname Bezalel. is going to be Bez. Bez. And oh, oh, holy ab, oh, holy ab, oh, Yep. Yep. Oh. Oh. That's his name. His name is O. So we have Bez and O, who in previous chapters, God has appointed to be like the head people of the building of the tabernacle. So I looked into them a little bit deeper. So Bez is actually kind of like the lead architect. And then O is like his assistant. So like these two people are mentioned by name because they are the people in charge of the building and everything like, like the that. foremans. They're the foremans basically. Well, I like to say they're the architect, even though God's technically the architect because mm-hmm. they gave him the plans and everything. Yeah. But they're the ones that obsess over details yeah. that are looking over the blueprints. And like, that's why it's so laid out in the building of it because think about it an architect having their building built they're wanting to look at all the plans they're wanting to go over everything in minute detail that makes sense so bez and o are the two people that do that bez i found out his name means in the shadow or protection of god very cool interesting and then o's name in hebrew means a tent for the father (gasps) oh how crazy is that that's insane that was not in the first recording of this episode. No, it wasn't. That was good. I know. So a lot of the things in chapter 36 and throughout the rest of the chapters up until 39, it says, um, he coupled five curtains. He also made curtains. Then he made the upright frames. Like it, it refers to a he, a he made all of that kind of stuff. But we know that the tabernacle in itself and everything that went along with it was a very big project and it could have just been two people working on it. There's no way. Even if Moses would have helped three people, not happening. No, exactly. And so we had a lot more people that were helping with the construction of the tabernacle who were working under Bez and O instructions so i like to think of this like he statement the he made statement in these verses as the lead architect you Mm -hmm. know so the lead architect made the building he made the blueprints he made all those things he laid it all out told them what to do but not the builders aren't the ones that are credited for the building right so say for instance the eiffel tower right or whatever this french guy built the eiffel tower mm-hmm. no he didn't there's a ton of people oh, who built that's the eiffel true tower. yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. so that's that how i like sense. to think about it there's only one he mentioned but there's a ton of people that are working there's on a it. bunch of he's yes but there is one part where we'll get to it in the making of the arc mm-hmm. where it refers to bez by name yes. so we know that bez actually himself made, made the that. ark of the covenant mm-hmm. in chapter 36 we go through the collection of materials for the tabernacle. This is one of my favorite parts, actually, of like this these whole chunks of chapters or mm-hmm. this episode. Why? You know, the beginning of the chapter, they're talking about Bezano and how they know what to do and da 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 And then we go to, let's see, down to verse three. And I'm just going to read this, if that's okay with you. Yeah. It says... And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for the doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came each from the tasks that he was doing and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for us 
bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just like it for a multitude of reasons. Number one, you know, where the fact that they want to give mm-hmm. number one um as they should yeah absolutely absolutely but it doesn't say you know and correct me if i'm wrong that they're required to no because so, god wants you to give from a giving heart and exactly. he said that in the instructions that he Ex- first gave moses exactly exactly and another point that i read it was in the blue letter bible study i think it was was that even like a willing heart has to be told by god when when to give so moses still had to give the instruction mm-hmm. on when to yeah on when to start bringing the stuff yeah so i mean we'll get into like the amount of materials that was necessary for all of the things to be built in the tabernacle but it was a good amount of stuff so the fact that the Israelite people were bringing all of these things and they, the craftsmen had to go to Moses and say, this is too much. We have what we need. And there were still things left over. It's just a point that God will always provide you with what you need and more. Exactly. Because he didn't, he didn't let them plunder the Egyptians and then make them give everything that they plundered from the Egyptians to the tabernacle. No, everybody had probably something left over because they had to stop people from bringing. Exactly. Can you imagine that one person who probably held off on bringing things? Can you yeah. imagine the guilt that they probably yeah. feel because now their contribution is not needed? Yeah. And uh, that was one of the points that I read about the second time around when preparing for this episode yeah. was is that the, like you said, the amount of guilt or regret because then once they finally came to the decision to do it, or even if they didn't do it, the decision was made for them. Like, yeah. No, nope. done. We don't need anything yep. else. It kind of reminds me of that meme or that reel. I think you sent me that time was about, you know, somebody sitting on the fence or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting on the fence, the answer is no. So I don't know. That's a two. Good, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So from two, again, a lot of the stuff that I got today pulled from the blue, blue letter Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, it says... Um, this follows a pattern of God's giving to us. God gives us much more than we ever need. And our giving is simply a response to his. So, I mean, which is true. He always gives us excess. I mean, look around. We have way more than we could ever need. Yeah. You know? Um, Enduring words said that the fact that Moses restrained the people from giving said that Moses and the planners of the work knew how much was enough. The job was organized and planned to the extent that they understood what they needed and when they had more than enough. When God's people are asked to give something, they should expect that it be well organized, planned and managed. I think between Enduring Word and the Blue Letter Bible Study or whatever, they should probably confer. Maybe there might be some copyright infringement. Please let me they read all, you. We'll see like... This is like enduring, word for word. Enduring Word uses other commentators' things, things from outside. Yeah, that like makes Like they sense. bring in other commentators yeah. to, to add their, to the material. Yeah. So that and makes this sense. Place, this, they do have their sites, their references cited. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. I mean, and I think it, too, speaks a lot to Moses and, like, the people in charge that, I mean, and it starts with the people that were working because they could have just let people bring stuff and pocketed it for themselves. Yeah, they could have amassed endless resources. Exactly. 
And they told Moses, instead of Moses allowing them to do that, to build up a surplus of stuff that they didn't really need, he stopped them. I mean, it speaks to his integrity, really. Exactly. The type of man that he has become. Mm -hmm. So... And I do like I I said this in the first time we recorded this episode and I like this this about our church that we go to is that they tell us how much money that the church needs for the budget. They tell us exactly how much money they need within like a a quarter or a year or something something like like that. that. And we get to see the progress of our tithing to the church and how that's affecting the budget. And then at the end of the year, if they have any excess they tithe 10% of that excess back into the church and then they give the rest of it away to the community or to Mm -hmm. missionaries or other people. Like they don't pocket the money. They don't keep it and save it for next year and put it like a whatever. So like, I like the fact that our church does that and I hope that other churches out there are doing that Yeah, because you should know where the money that you're tithing to the church is going. It shouldn't be a profitable organization. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was that. They had to stop the people from giving things to the tabernacle. Yeah. And wait until you hear one of my favorite parts that we're going to get to a little bit later is when Victoria goes over how much how much stuff yes, that there was so much and they were continuing to bring it mm-hmm. like yeah. they had to be cut off. And I think, too, it's important to note for anybody who's just tuned into this episode and didn't listen in past episodes where the materials that they came came from yeah. that they were getting just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, let's remember they're in the middle of the desert right now. Yeah. So where would they get you they're know, nomads? Exactly. Where would they get the gold and everything, the precious metals and stuff? But this all came from it's kind of ironic, came from the Egyptians whenever the Israelites were ultimately leaving Egypt. Yeah. At the at the beginning of the Exodus, when they were leaving Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians and mm-hmm. they the Egyptians gave them their things yes. willingly because they were like, go. take everything and go. Good riddance. We'll we'll cover all of that in the recap episode mm-hmm. next time. But Tune do we remember week. the plagues? Ooh. That's why they wanted them to leave and they would pay for them to leave. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. In excess. So my study portion said about the restraining from bringing it says um, it is a fitting response to the Lord who has been gracious and merciful in renewing his covenant with them. Like I said, the person who waited to give probably has so much guilt and resentment and all of that stuff because you didn't get to contribute. You to didn't that. get to contribute. You, and then what does God think of you? Exactly. <laughs> well, and two, like think about how you would feel if you were like on the fence about it. And then the decision was made for you to know you're not going to contribute. And then to ultimately see when we get to the end of 40, God's presence come down and fill it and to think that to, you, you held back. We're no part of it. You were no exactly. part of it. Exactly. Good point. So like everybody giving to the tabernacle had a hand and bringing God to the people. Yeah. That must suck to not have yeah, be a part think, of that. Because think about whenever it's something silly that you want to do or you're thinking about doing, but then it's too late. At any rate. Are we moving on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so 36, we end. So we have the curtains that are inside and outside of the tabernacle, which in includes the measurements we're not going to read through the scripture because we've done it so many times yeah and we covered it in a lot of detail in our previous episodes yeah but basically the reiteration of all of the measurements and what was used the materials and all that it just mirrors what the instructions were given by god and it's just further proving that the instructions that were given by god were actually carried out by the people in their obedience to build the tabernacle so 
that's why it's repeated so much and that's why it's so extensive too. Yeah. And I forgot to say this too. This was something that I had mentioned in in the last time we recorded this <laughs> um, from litcharts.org because it talks about the importance of the repetition, which is kind of like what you were touching on or talking about there. But it says, you know, this chapter simply narrates the artisan's work as they follow the instructions Moses brought from God for the tabernacle construction. The intricate details convey the belief that God shouldn't be worshipped in a glib or improvised way, like cobbling together a golden calf, but according to his commands. Yeah. So, so building the tabernacle was actually an act of worship. Yeah. Which makes sense. It does. That's crazy to th- when you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you would think like, oh, well, we need to build this before we can worship and before we can get started. No, but building it and having that obedience to his commands is also an act of worship. Yeah. And it's kind of like a parallel to starting a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make anything right or wait until a certain point. Like just if you commit, he'll take care of the rest. Like if you commit, yeah. Like the tabernacle, if you commit and you do it, God will take care of the rest. He took care of the who, what, when, where, why. Exactly. So anyway. So 36, we have the curtains inside it out, including the measurements, the specifics. So we know the commandment of God. Okay. I'm going to, I already said that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have the frames of the tabernacle, which were gold overlaid. The whole frames, the framing of the tabernacle was gold overlaid, which is yeah. insane to me. Um, how hard is that to overlay something in? Like, how I, do you I feel do like that? you pour it, don't you? Yeah, but how do you keep it from like, because you know, like, okay, think of this. This is a terrible comparison, but like, this is what I'm picturing. Like, you know how whenever you dip like a chocolate and pretzel or chocolate and pretzel, no, a pretzel and melted chocolate and you put it on your paper or whatever to dry, you have that sometimes have that like splatter. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you prevent that with the gold or any of the metals for that matter? I feel like they have to heat it to such a degree that I'm thinking, okay, this is going to sound tor- terrible, but I'm thinking like off? chocolate fountain, but on a bigger scale. Okay. But how, just hear me out. So they have like the fountain that's just like running gold. You have like the gold being melted down at the top and then you have like a collection basin basically, right? So if you're taking these large beams Mm -hmm. and you have to overlay them with gold, you just pass it slowly through the melted gold or or they could have also diluted it. They could have ground the gold down into powder and made a paint and painted it. They know how to do that. Yeah. Around the gold exactly i don't know because, because i feel like if they put melted hot gold on wood it would have catch fire so well that's very true too but of course if god didn't want it to because it was, it was for that he would prevent it maybe they made a paint this is it. a rabbit hole we should have gotten down into before we started know. recording this for the second time I don't anyways know. it's not important <laughs> add important. it to the add it to the list with the nephilim but at the same time okay we're gonna get to this in a minute but like think about all the gold overlaid crap that we find in egyptian architecture and an egyptian like artifacts like think about that mm-hmm. okay they knew how to do it yeah of course they did but i just mean I don't know how that's why i was not an israelite then i don't know how because i stop i would not all right verse 35 in pandemic. chapter 36 um they made the veil that was separating the most holy place from the holy place and then they also made the frame for the doorway where the veil would hang they also made the screen for the entrance to the tabernacle and that was 36 so we made the curtains that go inside and outside mm-hmm. basically the whole overlaying of the tent Mm -hmm. we made the frames we made the veils and basically the doors yeah 
that was 36 37 uh we talk about the ark the table of bread the lampstand and the altar of incense and in 37 we actually see that bez is named specifically, specifically that he made the ark of the covenant so <laughs> it's the first thing it says bez made the ark of acacia wood two cubits blah 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 like that whole section we know that he personally made it's gotta yes. suck to know that you handcrafted that entire thing that was so important for the most holy place and for the tabernacle and for God and for it to be gone now. But I'm sure he didn't know that still at the time or even throughout. He probably imagine, didn't live long Imagine enough. crafting something so beautiful and knowing how important it is and never being able to see it. Or think about... Because he never got to see it. Why? Uh, well, he did when he made it. So he was one of the ones who knew oh what it looked like. <laughs> Well, that's not true because they carried it. I guess. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I was like, oh yeah. No wait. They no way. They carried it. He touched it. Yeah. As as you're right. It. You're right. You're anyway, right. never mind. <laughs> if you want to leave that in there, go ahead. If you want to take it out, no, it's, feel free. I'm not gonna take it out. It's true. I've messed up. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, 37. We get the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altar, burnt offering, the bronze basin. No, that's 38. Just kidding. And that's the end of 37. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 38. We have the altar of burnt offering, the, the bronze basin, the court, and then the, the end of 38, we get the materials for the tabernacle. So I want to rewind just a little bit. We have the altar of burnt offering, which we already know what that looks like. We already know what that's made of. And we do you have anything to say about it? No. Okay. We then have the making of the bronze basin. And honestly, the bronze basin... It's so small, like the the actual scripture is just one verse. Yeah. It's one sentence. It's not as big and lengthy and long as, the as all the rest of them. But it's it has important information. What was that? Why are you laughing? As the rest of them. <laughs> Leave Victoria alone. <laughs> anyway. So the verse, it's verse eight and in chapter thirty-eight, it says, He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Yep. So these women donated donated their mirrors that they would use to look at themselves to the tabernacle to make the bronze basin in mm -hmm. which held the water that the priests were able to wash themselves with. Yes. Because they had to be clean in order to enter the most holy place. Or enter into the tabernacle. Yes. Right? Correct. Okay. So I am still confused about these ministering women, but we're going to get back down into this rabbit hole again this episode that we're recording now. <laughs> For the second time. For the second time. So it says the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. So enduring words said, apparently there was a group of women in Israel who served God by regularly meeting to help the priests and the work of the tabernacle. The verb translated minister is rare and interesting and is used only one other place of women in the service of the sanctuary in 1 Samuel 2, verse 22. It really means organized and bands for war, but it's used of ordinary Levitical service. So if we go and look at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 22. 2, verse 22. You have it? It says, now Eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel. Nope. Hold on. What do you think these women did in the ministering service for the tabernacle? I, I have some theories and I did look up more information, but everything that I found, it didn't, they don't know. It didn't yeah. say. 
I mean, my, and again, we kind of talked about this the last time. So, I mean, I guess it's not repetitive for anyone but us. But what I think is like, when you think about it, like the tabernacle, like, yes, it's a place of worship, but it's also like, it has to be a functioning place. Yeah. And I don't know that the priests were able to do absolutely everything it entailed to make like not necessarily like the worship day-to-day stuff happen but like the day-to-day stuff happen Mm -hmm. so like they're probably to me i'm thinking like running the gut floor like cleaning you know just doing like i mean i hate to say this doing like what at that time was thought to be the woman's role Mm -hmm. but in or at the tabernacle because two i mean you know you can still like even now as a wife or as a parent or as a daughter minister to your family and so them you know using their gifts of service or whatever a light bulb moment fine interrupt me i'm sorry no what light bulb moment what the role of woman is irreplaceable in the house those womanly duties we just talked about Mm -hmm. why wouldn't the house of god be any different exactly exactly like there were still things that had to be done. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that's what they did. Like they were the ones <laughs> what it, they were intended to do. I don't I don't started out doing. I don't think that they were involved in any of like the priestly duties. I don't they think they were be. No, they I don't think they were involved in any of that stuff. But the water doesn't get into the bronze basin by, by itself. Yeah. Exactly. Like somebody had to change out the water. Somebody had to, I think you said last time, like sweep floors, beat like everything was made out of linen and they're in the desert. So there's probably sand and dirt like getting into all this stuff they probably had to like you know you see like the carpet smackers or whatever yeah like stuff like that just keep it like up and running yeah you know mm-hmm. so i think that's what they did but okay here's the first Samuel chapter 2 verse 22 says now eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all israel and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting we took a turn here not the road i wanted to go to we took a turn (laughs) we took a turn great so they were they were servicing servicing women uh first for the tabernacle (laughs) yeah they were first for the tabernacle and then for eli's sons apparently great um we'll get there in in first samuel in a couple of I'm sure that that is not the same servicing women that were <laughs> that were the ministering women in Exodus. Nope. At some point down the road, it took a turn. Nope. We're, nope. Who did it? <laughs> One of Aaron's kids. <laughs> Probably. Okay. They were the priests. I know. I know. Anyway. So, great. Um, after the bronze basin <laughs> and the prostitutes, we have <laughs> making of the court. The BB and P, the bronze basin and prostitutes. <laughs> oh, it's okay. All right, all right. Let's get back on track. The making of the cult. The making of the cult, which is just like the outside courtyard. It's yeah. the courtyard. And then we have the materials for the tabernacle. Oh yes, I'm excited for this. So the record of materials for the tabernacle. Go. So I think Take I'm gonna. Notes. Should I read? Um, I mean, yeah, if you want to. All right. Forewarning, there's going to be a lot of numbers and a lot of just bleh. Just let it just list. Don't. But just listen. Yeah. Don't don't actively think about it. Everything, I've already done the math for you. Yeah, so the it's conversion, okay. it's just to 
drive the point home, I think. Yes. I think I'll read the actual scripture and then go into what I found. Yeah, that's a good idea. So these are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were recorded at the commandment of Moses, the responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, Mm -hmm. the son of Aaron, the priest. Sounds right. So I actually like the fact that they have a documented record of the weights and of every material that was used in the building of the tabernacle and it still freaking exists like it's still right here like that's how good of record these people kept yeah and actually as you said that i was just looking at my notes and i have something here it says you know the exact now this is calculation but it falls into like the measurements and everything that was recorded the exact calculation teaches the necessity of the thoroughness and accuracy and all things connected with money for religious work yes so which is why it's good to have a kind of like when you organized ta- yeah thing. and kind of like you talked about with the church that we go to how mm-hmm. they write everything out it's just important to have that track especially whenever it's for god that way nothing can be twisted exactly okay so, Bez, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord commanded Moses, and with him was O, the son of mm, Ah, the of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer and embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen. All the gold that was used for the work and all the construction of the sanctuary, the gold from the offering was 29 talents and 730 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver from those of the congregation who were recorded was a hundred talents and 1,775 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca, a head that is half a shekel by the shekel of the sanctuary. Because I know what that is. For everyone who was listed in the records from 20 years old and upward for 603,550 men. The hundred talents of silver were for casting the bases of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, a hundred bases for a hundred talents, a talent, a base. And of the 1,775 shekels, he made hooks for the pillars and overlaid their capitals and made fillets for them. The bronze that was offered was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With it, he made the basis for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the bronze altar and the bronze grating for it, and all the utensils of the altar. The bases around the court and the bases of the gate of the court, all the pegs of the tabernacle and all the pegs around the court. Did you notice, did you notice that the silver and the bronze were the only two things that they explained what they actually did with it rather than the gold? I didn't until you just said that. Do you know why? I don't. Because, I mean, they, they said it in the in the construction, you know, they overlaid everything with gold. They had gold hooks. They had everything inside the tabernacle, the table of bread, the altar of incense, yeah. everything like that was overlaid with gold. We also then had the mercy suit, which was made of pure gold. So, like, we, we know where the gold went. Yeah. But in this they must not just materials, it's kind of weird that they don't list it up. It's fine. So. Well, I would think so. Are you going to take it up with Moses? No. Because you can't right now. I can't. My Bible said that a talent was about 75 pounds and a shekel was two-fifths of an ounce or 11 grams. So based on that, we can do some math. Let's do it. Biblical math. Ready? By let's do it, I mean you've already done it. I've already done it. And it it. took me about two hours. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It did not take me that long. Calculators are amazing. And Google with with the conversions. Yeah. That's, yep. Mm -hmm. So, gold. Yes. We have 29 talents. Okay. Which comes out to 2,175 pounds. Okay. We're doing, okay. We have 730 shekels, which comes out to 8,030 grams, which is about 17.7 pounds. So, in total, 
of gold. Gold alone. We have 2,192.7 pounds or 1.1 ton. Of gold by itself. Of gold. That's crazy. 1.1 ton. That is so much. Of gold. Like, think about, have you ever watched the TV show? It's called, oh my gosh, what is it called? Gold Digger. Is that what it is? Gold gold Rush or something like that. And it's about these people. They spend, they have these massive pieces of equipment to like go for gold, look for gold, go for gold, (laughs) like look for gold and the amount of stuff that they come up with at the end of the season or whatever is not anywhere near that. No. It's just, that's crazy. Do the gold medals that are won in the Olympics, are they actually gold? They're probably gold plated. Yeah. I would think they're gold plated. I was like, where do they get all that gold from? Hmm. They don't. It's gold plated, I'm maybe, sure. Maybe they found something. Hmm. Anyway. I'm looking it up. All right. Silver. While you do that, silver. We have 100 talents, which is about 7,800 pounds. We have 1,775 shekels, which is about 19,525 grams or 43.1 pounds. And then this silver here that's talked about the 603,580 half shekels that yeah. is the census that's the census tax oh we talked about that a we couple did talk about ago. that um so everybody over the age of 20 all the men over the age of 20 total to about six hundred and three thousand five hundred eighty people so if you can just imagine multiplying that probably by two to get a roundabout estimate of how many people were actually there because it was just men over the age of 20 yeah and that did not include women yeah, well, you remember we talked about it several episodes ago, back towards the beginning. Like two million people there. Millions of people. Crazy. So the six hundred three thousand five hundred eighty half shekels came out to about three million three hundred nineteen thousand six hundred ninety grams, which came to seven thousand three hundred eighteen point seven pounds of silver. So in total of silver, we have fifteen thousand one hundred sixty one point eight pounds. Or 7.6 tons. Okay, so what's our total so far? Nine something tons? Seven, eight, 8.7 tons in just gold and I'm silver. I'm not carrying that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not carrying that. So in bronze, we have 70 talents, which is about 5,250 pounds. And mm-hmm. we have 2,400 shekels, which is 26,400 grams or 58.2 pounds. Okay. So in bronze, we have 5,308.2 pounds or 2.2 tons. Okay. So in total, we have about 22,662.7 pounds worth of metal, gold, silver, bronze, which comes out to about 11.33 tons. That's just the metal. Just metal. That doesn't include the wood. Wood that they covered. Or the linens. Because think of that. Those get heavy too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the covering, the covering with like the waterproofing and the well, fur. Well, the goat hair. Exactly. And, uh. Exactly. Um, Enduring Word said they had a they had a bit of a of a conversion difference. So they said that their sh- talent was about seventy pounds, not seventy five. Yeah, that's what I saw too. Um. So they estimated about two thousand thirty pounds of gold. Just just gold so what my calculation said was 2100 basically okay so it's just a little bit different yeah but i also i also went and figured out how much money yes all of that stuff i'm waiting for this would work with so one ounce no i'm gonna start with bronze 
Ooh, work our way up. Work our yeah. way up. So one, shaking it up a bit. One pound of bronze, a pound of bronze, is $2.40, which we know is not a lot, but still. They had 5,308.2 pounds of bronze in total. Okay. So that's about $12,739.68 in bronze. Okay, so in around, today's. Okay. Yeah, I would say about 13,000. 13, yeah, ish. One ounce of silver today is $24.44. They had... That was a lot. Hold on. They had 242,588.8 ounces of silver, which comes out to about $5,928,870.27. And just silver. One ounce of gold... You ready for this? Yes. One ounce of gold totals to about $1,976.35. An ounce. ounce. They had 3,000. They ate that. Yes. They had 35,083.2 ounces. Oh, okay. Of gold. Oh. So that totals out to about (laughs) $69,301,599.12. In gold. In gold. Oh, okay. So overall, in just metal alone, for today's pricing, it would be $75,243,209.07. That's crazy. Now, when I looked at Enduring Word, they said that it would total more than $13 million. I don't know when Enduring Word did their math or when they did all of that stuff. Yeah, but it's <laughs> way more than that now. Inflation. 8.2%. $13 million versus $75 million, that's a lot. But, yeah. I mean, we did the math and I took the pricing from the day before we recorded yeah. last week. So, it's crazy. Insane. But yeah, that was the materials. That was the end of what, 38? That was the end of 38. 39, um, they're just making the Priestly garments. Yeah, and we covered that all in pretty heavy detail. Yeah. In a previous episode. Um, they don't consecrate the priests here. No, they don't do that until Leviticus. Yeah, so we'll get into that in Leviticus. Um, eight and nine. Yeah. Eight and nine. Leviticus starts off with laws and things like that. It's part of the Pentateuch, which is technically considered the law. So it's going to be similar to Exodus. Yeah. So just hang in there for us with that. We'll make it as entertaining as possible. <sighs> we always do. <laughs> okay. okay. So the last verse in 39 says, And Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded, so they had done it. Then Moses blessed them. So Enduring Word says, Moses was the leader with the command from God and with the best knowledge of the pattern God wanted the tabernacle built according to Exodus 25.9. Therefore, it was right and proper for him to supervise every detail of the construction. The building of the tabernacle was an act of wonderful obedience. So no wonder Moses blessed them. Yeah. Because think about the people who had just built a golden calf. Now moving to the people who couldn't give enough. Yeah. You know, they were overgiving, basically. They spent six months building this giant structure with all of these things well too and think about the massive undertaking it would have been to be in charge to make sure everything was 
literally perfect. Yeah. They did it exactly like God had commanded it, which in the beginning of all of this, that was something that they were very much struggling to do. Yeah. They were struggling keeping to his commandments, i.e. making the golden calf. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, just of struggling with him in general, even when they just left. Oh, we wish we were in Egypt. Why did you bring us here? We would much rather be slaves than, than starve than die here in this desert. <laughs> so yeah, so Moses blessed the people of Israel, or I guess blessed the people who built the tabernacle. I'm not really sure. It just says they blessed them. So yeah, Moses blessed him. No wonder he blessed him because I mean he had to feel some type of way. He probably felt proud of the fact that. This vision that he was given by God actually came to life and they were actually obedient enough to do it like he has said to do it and all that stuff. And it sounded so. like it went pretty smoothly. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't know otherwise. Yeah. You can I imagine. Like if we did have, I feel like if it were otherwise, he would have told us. Yeah. Chapter 40 starts out by saying, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, On the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. That's the first verse. Mm -hmm. So if you remember back in chapter 12, when they were getting ready for the Exodus, they said that this day will be the first day of the first month for you. So that's when the, that's when the Jewish calendar kind of started. It started over. And we talked about that in that episode. So the Exodus was around March, April time point. Um, So that's when exactly one year after the Exodus is when the tabernacle was built and established. It was put up and everything was put in it and it was ready to and go. And that was by March, April secular calendar, Secular right? calendar, yeah. And when they do we celebrate the fact that Jesus raises raised from the dead? Mm-hmm. March, March April, April. April. April usually. Anyway. Yep. So he puts the Ark of the Testimony. He screens the veil he puts the table. He Moses basically goes in and does all the fine details. Arranging he arranges and, yeah, everything the way that it should be. Um, and he anoints things with the oil, the anointing oil, and consecrates the furniture, and it becomes holy. Um, and he puts the holy garments on Aaron and anoints them and consecrates him. This is God telling Moses what to do, basically. Yeah. So Moses did all of that. As the Lord commanded him. So that that phrase, as the Lord commanded him or as the Lord commanded Moses, in the section of 36 through 40, it's repeated at least 19 times. Yeah, I saw that also. 19 times. And that's just that just speaks to the obedience um, that the people had and that Moses had. And it was complete and exact, exactly how God wanted it to be. Okay, that's it. I mean, he did all, he did all the things. <laughs> yeah, he put it all together. <laughs> he did all he the things. He put the final puzzle pieces together. Yes. Moses finished the work. Where does that say? So Moses finished the work. It's in the uh, it's 35. Chapter, I mean, yeah. 33. After 40, verse And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Yes. Six months worth of building and things. That's how long it took to build the tabernacle. Six months. Okay. And it was exactly one year after the exodus that they put it up, put and it, put it up all and together. it was ready to go. So the last half of 40 says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out, but if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out 
till the day that it was taking up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night and the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. In the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So the end of 40, the end of Exodus, we see finally the tabernacle is built. Everything is how it should be. And God descends on the tabernacle and fills it with his glory so that all the people of Israel know that he is there. They can see that. Yes. Can you imagine just taking your nightly stroll and look over and see the tabernacles on fire? Right. But not burning. (laughs) You know, you're walking around the neighborhood. You wave to people. You might see, oh, hey, God. (laughs) Right. Give you a little wave. Right. I feel like, oh, that's got to be so trippy. But um, it's just like the pinnacle of Exodus. You know, God has finally been reunited with his people. And that's basically what he's been trying to do since Genesis, since Eden, since the fall, you know, because God was walking in the garden with Adam and Eve and then Eve had to go eat that stupid apple. And then we had the fall. And ever since then, God has had this enormous plan to just be reunited with his people and live among his people again. Yeah. And he kind of got there a little bit here, except he can Mm -hmm. only talk to one person. So my question is to you, did Moses ever talk to God again? Quote unquote, face to face. Yeah, I think he met with him regularly. But where? Because he wasn't allowed to go into the tent, into the tabernacle. Because he he wasn't the high priest. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but we never hear that they got rid of the tent of meeting either. That became the tent of meeting. The tabernacle became the tent of meeting. Olympic medals are plated in gold, by the way. Like, of course he got to talk with God, but like, did did he have that relationship with him? Did that carry through, you know, because he spent 80 days with him on Mount Sinai. He regularly got to speak with him face to face. Or was he kind of like just an exception to the rule? Because, I mean, Moses is the one who did the anointing. I I don't know. Question to ponder. Seriously. We may figure it out. We may not. Not today. We're not. Not today. (laughs) So. So. Is it favorite verse time? I think so. What did we say? So our favorite verse was chapter 40, verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Kind of, you know, like you just said, the pinnacle of this whole book. Yep. The whole, both books thus far since the fall. Seriously. And it just further, you know, goes to show that God doesn't do anything without a purpose. Exactly. Like, We've been trying to get back to this point since the fall, God reuniting with his people. And if it wasn't for the Israelites being able to build the tabernacle, he wouldn't have been able to do that. Correct. And if they weren't able to have the skill to build the tabernacle, where do you think they got that from? Exactly. Being slaves in Egypt. So if they were never slaves in Egypt, they would never build the tabernacle and God would never be able to be with his people. Yeah. So through your suffering, there's a purpose. Yeah. Hang in there. There's always a purpose. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's it for this episode, I think. If you made it this mm-hmm. far, thank you so much for sticking with us through Exodus. We know it was a long haul. We know it was a lot of dry information, but it was necessary. And on the next episode, we will be recapping the entire book of Exodus. And that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, pending any technical difficulties. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.